today the reading comes from Colossians chapter 3, uh, the first four verses. So Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. And do feel free to get your own Bibles out, uh, whether that's physical or on your phones or tablets or Kindles, whatever devices you have. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4 says this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth, for you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when, in, when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Well, um, Mark read for us um, earlier on from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to to help us think through some of the stuff this morning. And um, I picked up on this stuff last week that actually Paul is, is encouraging, has got this um, ministry of encouragement with a church in Colossae, which he has not seen them. They've, they've come uh, to existence through the ministry of Paul, but not necessarily from him being there directly. And yet he finds out that there are some things that are going on there, and he wants to encourage them. And he, he, he wants to encourage them from that place of hope, faith, and love, because he knows that they've got it. And the reminder last week is that this things that Paul is, is bringing out and is distinguishing the congregation in Colossae they're not just things that, that believers there have picked up because that's what you do. It's miracles that, has, that, that have happened automatically because they've encountered the gospel. They've encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've, I've named this theme, the theme for today, as living this miracle because actually is not just these things that come as a package of our Christ, our life in Christ, but actually he'll go on today to say that you have been given this new life in Christ. 2.20 says you died with Christ. 3.1, Colossians 3.1 says you have come to life with Christ. And I think we could have not had any better picture than the baptisms that we have had uh, in the last two, three weeks, really, of that symbolism of going down, identifying with Christ's death, and then coming up the water and identifying with Christ's life. But this is the heart of the apostle, because he, he really wants to encourage this congregation because he knows that actually, as people, we are inclined to drift. So it's good to be reminded of those truths. So he goes and he, he says, you guys in Colossae, you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the, reality, the realities of heaven. That's the, the New Living Translation, where Christ sits 
at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not only think about things down here on earth, for you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So I wanted to, to stop here today because actually was, what Paul is trying to address is that actually they have encountered the glory of the gospel. They've encountered what the, the transformation that the gospel has brought in that community, which actually Colossae, Asia Minor, full of other gods, they've come to the realization of knowing the true gods. They've seen it firsthand, the transformation that the gospel has brought. I've been told not to move from here and I've, I, I've not stuck to my promise. Gita, I promise I will not move from here now. But this is so beautiful because Paul is trying to expand now, saying, hey guys, you're participants in this new life with Jesus. And this is not just an idea. This is not just a philosophy. This is not just a, a random theory that you meet in the marketplace with other philosophical thoughts of the Greek culture. This is a reality. This is a reality, and the reality is not also based on random thoughts. So what I would like to stop here today is to, to stop at those things where this reality of the new life in Christ is made possible. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. We need to realize here that actually the, the first part of this reality is that these guys have got a relationship with the living God. So God is part of this reality. And God that, that Paul is talking about here is the same God that he is talking in Colossians chapter 1, who is God the creator of all things. It's the same God that he is talking to other churches in Asia Minor with all these qualities. He is the true God. And they've got this relationship, this new life, because of the reality of the relationship with the living and true God. But this is not what the false or not-so-true teachers are trying to do in the church in Colossae. Because what they're trying to say is that, yes, it's Jesus, but it's plus something else. It's Jesus, but there is something, let's add some tradition to it and make it a little bit more flashy. Let's add some 
some other stuff into it, like the practicalities of, you know, ascetism, and you deprive yourself so you can know God better in that way. And Paul is saying, that's not how we know God. He is God of life. He is God of all creation. He is God of the new life. The false teachers say always, what you have is quite all right and a good foundation for faith, but let's finish it off for you and then you can be true Christians. This is what happens in Colossae, this is what happens in Galatia. This does not exempt us from happening today. It reminds me of somebody who came to Albania and we were in the early stages of Christianity and uh, only this week I've been reminded of how vulnerable a country like Albania with new Christians could have been or, or is or the community of, of new Christians is when you've got all sorts of ideas coming because the, the reality is that in 1992, we didn't have access. Um, we were a new Christian. We didn't have access to the Bible. We didn't have a clear understanding of what scriptures were saying. So anything being said to us was up for grabs because basically you, you actually trust the goodness of the person who has imparted that information to you. And I remember... Um, having this missionary very determined to go around to tell Christians that unless they were speaking in tongues, they were not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I have, I, I have no problem about people praying in tongues. I, I, you know, I pray in tongues myself. That's not the issue. The issue is that you go around and you forcefully tell people about something that you are very hot on. And it was to the point that this guy had to be actually addressed and told off because actually what he was saying was just a trend of a particular denomination. But there is not what the scriptures says. So I'm not saying that I'm against preaching, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching against speaking in tongues, but the way that it became a condition for somebody to be a Christian, I don't see that in scriptures. We can talk about this if you think otherwise. But it's these things then that they become big and they enter the community of faith and there is so much energy and there's so much stuff that goes into that when actually we can use that energy to deal with the real gospel transformation. And that's why Paul is doing this, because he's saying the reality is that God is a God of life. Then 
He goes on because part of this reality is that it's not that he's just the God of life, but he has sent us his son, the Lord Jesus. And I cannot carry on saying this without going back to chapter 1, verses 23 to 30. And I want for us to be thinking a little bit about these attributes of who Jesus is. I said 23 to 30, I think it's 13 to 20. Who Jesus is, he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with Jesus' blood and has forgiven all our sins. Christ is the visible image of invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Kings, kingdoms, rulers and authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before anything else began and he holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the first of all who rise from the dead. He is the first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and by him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of his blood on the cross. So not only who God is but what he has done for us in the Lord Jesus and that's why he's, he's saying in Colossians 3 here, the, the start, that actually the realities of heaven with Christ who sits at the right hand in the place of honor and power. Jesus is above all. And the reason why Paul is saying that Jesus is sitting is that in the temple you set, the, 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 the priest sat down after the sacrifice was done and everything was finished. That's why Hebrews 1.12, I think, or 1.2 says that actually after Jesus provided the sacrifice for all sins, he sat down. It's finished. So Jesus not only is above all, not only that he sits down because everything is finished, but also he is sitting in a place of honor. And this should impact the reality of our new life in him. Because what's going on here is not that the people in Colossae have got the idea of God. They've got a relationship with a living God. And I want to extend that to us this morning. You have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities that come from our Father in heaven. In Christ who sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. 
This is, this is wonderful. And I don't know about you, but I think with me, sometimes when I come to places like this, I think, oh, but Paul, but you've said this before. Have you not, have you not got anything else to tell me? And it's very easy to get bored with repetition. But we need to realize that Paul is coming here with an apostolic persistence because he knows that we can easily fall short of this. That's why we need to be reminded of the new life that we've got in Jesus. On the reality at the back of what God has done for us, what Christ has done for us, and what does it look like for us? So bear with Paul, bear with his repetition, bear with that apostolic persistence in this letter. Because what's going to happen between this verse until 4.6, he is going to give us the practicalities of what it means, not just to, to inform the community of believers in Jesus, but also that there is an expectation that if you have been encountered this new life, well, change should happen. But he knows that the people in Colossae, the congregation in Colossae, have not had it easy. They've been in the midst of deception, misleading, 2.8. They've been told They've been judged, 2.16. They've been told that they're disqualified because they're lacking in certain practices, 2.18. And Paul is saying, what they've told you is a lot of nonsense. Live the miracle of the new life in Jesus. Live the miracle of the new life because You've got this relationship with God in Jesus. You also not only have got this relationship, but you have risen. And that's, that's why I mentioned the picture of baptism earlier on. You have risen to this life of Jesus from death. So direct your heart and will towards these things by exercising faith in God's promises. This is what it means to have your sight, to have your mind set on the realities of heaven. When you know who Jesus is and what he has done for you, and you're saying to your soul today, you're speaking to yourself, not just listening to yourself, I think we spend too much time listening to ourselves. Speak to yourselves like the psalmist does. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, everything in me. Bless the Lord. Why, O oh my soul, are so downcast today? Why? It's, it's speak. Preach to your soul of these realities that you've got in Jesus. And direct your hearts and will by exercising faith in God's promises.
in the midst of deception, in the midst of judgment, in the midst of all the attempts of the enemy to tell us that you are not qualified. The words that I came to this week, if, if last week's word was abundance, I think, I don't know if you have been surprised by this this week, but this week the ongoing word has been shortage. In the news, shortage about this, shortage about that. And I think this is the kind of the, the, the spirit that the Apostle Paul is trying to address in the Church of Colossae. That although they've been told that they are short of or in shortage of what God has given to them, he's saying, no, no, you've got a relationship with a living God. You have risen with Christ. And because of that, set your minds on the things that have to do only with the kingdom of heaven. So the reality of Christian life is that we are never short of anything. God's mercy is new every day. Now, I don't say this lightly because I don't want for it to be just another idealistic, triumphalistic approach to this. But what we're saying here is that we've died with Christ, now we've risen with him, and because we've risen with him, we need to embrace, we need to tune, we need to direct our hearts and our wills by exercising faith in God's promises, even though those promises may not make sense in our current situation. So, Church of God, Cairns Road, you've been raised with Christ. I'm not saying this because I'm clever. I'm saying this because I'm reading it somewhere which is given to us from somebody who's much, 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 much more, more clever than I am. You've risen with Christ. What are you going to do this week? How are you going to set your mind to the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand in place of honor and power? Verse 2 says, Let heaven fill your thoughts. And the reality of life with Jesus be tangible in all that we do. So this week, we've got an opportunity. We've got an opportunity, a big opportunity, to live the miracle or just to keep thinking there is a shortage of something. To embrace new life or just to think, I'm very happy the way I am, thank you very much. To encourage one another, to spur one another to embrace this new life or just to mind our own business because 
we don't like to challenge people. We don't have time to encourage people. This week looks really crazy, and I don't know where I would find time to do a particular thing, let alone to think about spurring somebody else on. The invitation today is for you and I as individuals. The invitation for us today as a community of believers in Jesus is to visit our loyalty to Jesus and our commitment to our New Testament faith. And I want to encourage you to do that today. So I'm going to allow some space now and then um, Catherine and the Ben are going to come, but I'm going to allow some space for us to be thinking a little bit about this new life that we've got in Jesus. To ponder on God's promises and to direct our hearts and our will to exercise our faith to do that. So I'm going to allow some space and then I'm going to be praying for us. Forgive us, Father God, for the times when we give in to the deceptions, to the judgment, and the disqualifications of the flesh, the world, and the devil. Thank you for that reminder today of the new life the resurrection that we have with you. Lord, I pray that that would be a reality for all of us here, physically or on Zoom. And perhaps you're sitting here or you're on Zoom and you're saying that's that is not a reality. And perhaps now, not perhaps, but now is the time for that, for, you to, for that to be a reality for you. That you embrace the life that Jesus gives. And if the refrain of this week, especially, I mean, for me has been shortage, God is saying that he's never short of his grace and mercy for us. So if you're sitting here and you feeling delusions or disillusions with a way that you have not lived up to this miracle of new life, God is offering you forgiveness today and reconciliation. But also he's offering freedom and power for you 
to be enabled to live that new life. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for the life that your word gives us. Would you enable us through your spirit to direct our heart and our will to the exercise of faith towards your promises. Would you reignite again the flame into us so we embrace afresh our loyalty to you, O Lord, who is above all things, who's paid for all our shortcomings through the cross and who sits in that place of honour. Lord Jesus, we love you and we worship you. And therefore, we pray in your name, in your mighty name. Amen.